I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Back and Sunday League Pundits presented by Betway. We're talking about the CONCACAF Nations League final between the U.S. and Canada here today. The U.S. now back-to-back Nations League champions. What a good team that the U.S. is. And we're going to give our thoughts maybe on both teams as Canadians, what we thought of Team Canada's performance, and just everything else in between. I feel like there's a lot to talk about. So, boys, I got Waz and Brett here. How do you feel? How are you doing? Huh. Well, a little disappointed, a little, a little surprised. I thought Canada would have performed a lot better. I thought it would have been a closer game. I thought they could have had a goal. Just, it's just kind of like, wow, that's that's the performance. You give it a final. And that's the thing. It's the final. And, and there, Canada came in with so much expectation. And, and, and you see on Twitter that the states are, are the favorites. We're the underdogs going into it. And that's perfect. That's what we want. They don't have Des. They don't have McKenney. Things are looking like it's going to be in our hands. And we come out and allow a goal in the first 10 minutes of the game. And since then, you're climbing a mountain that seems almost insurmountable so the effort wasn't there and I, I I'm not concerned about it but it's just concerning that you have your first opportunity at a trophy mm-hmm. the first time you've been in a final in 20 years and that was the performance you came out with against your rivals and in Vegas uh, add Brett I'll add on to that you also probably had you know your best 11 that you could probably put out at the moment like yeah the gold cup roster mm-hmm. just got announced and they don't even have David Davy. Buchanan, like none of the top players are going to be at the Gold Cup. They, you know, it feels like a missed opportunity for Canada. But was that really our best eleven? <laughs> I mean, I, I think so. I'm not, be, not belly. I mean, on paper, the best Canadian team. I think Tejon Buchanan should have started first. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. But I mean, like you, you know, you don't have the big dogs going to the Gold Cup. You had them here at the Nations. Yeah, League at the, yeah. yeah. So 100%. and to add to every like all those stats too, Brett. I don't think I think the stat was that. Canada has not been in the U.S. on U.S. soil since 1957. Really? So there, yeah, there is just so much to play for, huh. and I, I don't even know where to start. Almost, it's like one of those games where you're like, where do you start? Do we go through it process by process, step by step? Do you guys? What did you think when you saw the formation? Like when you saw the tactics heading into this game, a three back hmm. against the U S who, you know, is going to be very 
clinical in terms of their tactical uh, organization. They're very, very athletic. This is a team that, you know, they play in systems. It's what the U.S. is known for. And you know that they're going to run those systems well. And, you know, you, you saw Gio Reyna, how incredible Gio Reyna played until he got injured. You know, Balogun scored his first goal for the U.S. team. You know, there, there's just some players, Pulisic scored or Pulisic, however you everyone wants to call him scored two goals in the game prior against Mexico. You know, they're a threat. And when I saw a three back, I'm just, you know, Kennedy as the center back, uh, just maybe, maybe a team that maybe may not be as comfortable in that formation in a final is that's when I immediately before the game even started, had a little bit of a question mark. How did you guys feel about it? See, for me, the formation wasn't the issue. It, it, it was the same formation that we went into Panama against, which... But two different teams. Two exactly, very, very different teams. That's exactly it. Panama to the States are completely different. But it was the, the personnel that were on the pitch for in those formations. Kennedy... On and off game. He had some pretty good clearances, but I don't think that he was... He's not Steven Vittoria. And that's that's the issue. Why weren't you having in a final the experience of a guy like yeah. Victoria back there? Because you saw it even on the first goal. There was no organization by the Canadians in their own box. I think Kamal Miller didn't even look at the ball and all of a sudden it's over his head and easy for, for uh, Richards there. It, it, it's easy for him. Uh, again, Buchanan should have been, been playing. And, and Lorena got pocketed by Anthony Robinson. By the 20th minute, they had to switch sides with Alfonso Davies because they're going, okay, maybe there's a little bit of a class mismatch here. So I was okay with the formation considering it was similar from the game before. But if you had Davies and Buchanan and David as your top three, then you toss in Laren, who's hot in Spain. I think it's a little bit of a different story for at least 60 minutes. Yeah, and the same time, it's a back three that's never played together. That's, that's exactly my point. That's exactly my point. Like, when you think about the fact, okay, so I agree, Brett, you know, Panama's different, right? Like, Panama, respectfully, is a different caliber of a team, and it's also not the final. Now you're heading into the final, potentially to win a Nations League trophy, you know, solidify yourself, you know, quote unquote, the kings of CONCACAF, you know, that's like, that's important to us Canadian fans. Like we want to be able to say, yeah, we won that trophy and to beat the U.S. on, on, on their home turf. And you're starting a back line that it's not their fault. They don't, it takes a while to develop that chemistry and they felt the pressure from the U.S. And, and I'm not saying like, of course, these players deserve to have some accountability as well. Right. That's why they're professional footballers. But I think it's a tough match with a lot of emotion, with a lot of pressure to kind of do that. And that's where I question immediately when I saw that starting 11, where I'm like, what, what's the thought process here? And full transparency, I think Borean deserves those two goals should have been saved big time. Mm -hmm. That first goal should have been saved. And that second goal, anytime a goalie lets a, go a ball in like that near post, you got to do better. Yeah, you got to do better. And, you know, I, I agree there was defensive breakdowns on that second goal, too. But 
Yeah. You need you need a goalie to make those saves. And it almost felt like for the US it was very easy for them to break us down. Like we were we were playing so wide. They they were able just to cut mm-hmm. us through. Like it it was so easy to attack us. And you know, Christian Jack put out a tweet saying Canada are now playing a four four two with Kamal Miller as a right side at C B, Lorea left back and Alfonso Davies already playing in his third different position of the night. Like I just felt like there's way too many changes happening throughout mm-hmm. the game in that first even twenty minutes I'm, I'm listening to the broadcast and you're hearing john herdman scream for the first 20 minutes off the bench i'm like i, I don't know if that's normal like with a coach making so many changes so early so many different instructions i feel like that confuses players at times i think the midfield was hindered by jonathan osorio i don't think osorio had his best game in a canadian shirt and I think they desperately exploited him. Um, I'm looking at Fut Mob right now. Gave him a 6.4, worse than Jonathan David for the match rating. Honestly, I I think that's relatively gracious. I, I, there were numerous times where he was caught out of position, chasing the ball, and I think that's where the play and and the the. Well, really, the play developed for the states. Mm-hmm. I mean, take a look at their front six. You have Polisic, Balogun, Wea, Reina, Musa, yeah. and Aronson. And you, you counter with uh, Osorio. Who, yeah. and, uh, Osorio, great off the bench, I think, in a situation like this. Ishmael Kone was your best player. Yeah, he was and, fantastic. And he was so good. He's such a bright light. And mm-hmm. I think it was kind of even in that first half, the first few minutes where he had that play on the sideline where he kind of opened up his body and kind of let the ball play and then sent a really nice through ball. Mm-hmm. He's a very, very smart player and he's a very bright spot for Canada, a very big bright spot for Canada. But, you know, going off what you said, Brett, in the midfield, this was also a U.S. team who doesn't have Tyler Adams, who's injured, yeah. mm-hmm. who to me is my favorite player on that entire U.S. team. So smart, so defensively sound, t- took care of so much dirty work in the World Cup and McKinney. Yeah, You know, so th- this, there was already pockets open and you mentioned Musa. He's incredible. Mm-hmm. You know, Gio Reyna really, really impressed yeah. me in that game against Canada. Like he was, he dangled like four players at he some point fantastic. at once. Yeah. And he, he ended up assisting Balogun on that second goal. So yeah, it, it was, um, I felt like the whole game, unfortunately, and I think I can speak for all of us here. We root for Canada. We are the biggest supporters. You know, it's okay for us to say, I'll admit, I'm a homer. I want them to do well. I'm Canadian. I played for the Canadian team. You guys have been fans your whole life. But it was just, again, I'm going to respectfully say this. It was just a big mismatch. And for John Herdman to not make any changes when the yeah. second half started, like the second half is starting and, and, and your team's down and you need Tejan Buchanan. Tejan should have started. And, yeah. and to not start Tejan Buchanan at the start of the f- second half to me was mind blowing. How do you not make a single change? That's that- the thing, right? Like I follow a lot of like Canadian men's national team, Canadian fans on Twitter. And a lot of it like, you know, ends up on my timeline. And the biggest critique was towards John Herdman and his decisions. You know, there was a little bit of criticism towards a few few players like Milan Borian or Richie Larry. I don't know. There's a few players that got a little critiques, but it was mainly John Herdman. That's name whose name was on the you know tip of everyone's tongue. Like this one person I uh, saw, he said a list of things John Herdman has done wrong against the U S men's national team. Milan Borian, long balls, big braining by putting Fonzie to right wing back, no halftime subs, uh, you know, Tejon's energy and not using Stephen Vittoria's minutes, right. Using all against Panama. There's just so many wrong decisions that you feel like what, what's happening here. 
it, the long ball comments interesting because as I was watching the game yesterday, I'm like, what happened to our quick one touch passes on the ground? Like I felt like a lot of at times it felt very direct and long. And I, don't get me wrong, sometimes that that could be a tactical game decision that you want to play, but it just didn't work. And I'm yeah. I miss the you know. I love like when you watch Barcelona back in the day, quick one, two touches, triangles around the ball, getting out of spaces. You saw that at times in, in the Spain game against Croatia in the UEFA Nations League uh, final. They're just able to get out of these types tight spaces because there's so much movement off the ball and they keep the ball in possession. They keep the ball on the ground and they move it quick. I'm not the biggest fan of these long balls because when you're against a team like the U.S., like I will say once again, who's super athletic and who, in my opinion, won probably... I don't know the stat, but I would assume a large majority of the aerial balls, like they were just dominant in the air. Why are we playing the ball on the, over the top? Keep it on the ground, find each other in space. But then again, the U S did a very good job of shutting, shutting Canada down in their zonal defense. Like their zonal defense was very tight, very organized, very compact. And the U S to me, I looked at this team and I said, come 2026, this is a, a team that give their players a few more years of experience. They're going to, they're going to contend. They're really good. Yeah, yeah. and I'm, I've I've underestimated the U.S. a bunch of times. I won't lie. And it's just made so I, I always hear about all this drama happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Greg Bellhart, Bellhart or whatever you pronounce his name. Also, <laughs> their, their coach, I don't know who he is, but he looked like an absolute linebacker. Dude, he, that's, that's a defensive lineman, dude. He's in the wrong <laughs> football. That's the real Ted Lasso right there. He said that but he oh, yeah, he's going to go coach football, and now he's out here at Allegiant Stadium. And I'll, I'll give credit. Like, oh, I'll coach the Raiders. I'll give credit to the U.S. I think their mentality was spot on because I think I saw a clip of Pulisic on Twitter and he's like, oh no, on TikTok. And he's like, you know, we know we can beat Canada, but let's stay humble. You know, let's just stay composed. You know, mentally, let's stay humble, but we know we can beat them. But this kind of puts the states in a, a difficult situation. Yeah. <laughs> now they're committed to Burhalter coming back. But BJ Callahan played and zero goals against in these two matches. Yeah. Won the trophy with this team. And they looked almost better than what they did, at least as a formation, than they did at the World Cup. And now Berhalter's coming back in. You saw how influential Reyna was when he was playing in this lineup. Yeah. And we all know the drama that was going on behind closed doors with Reyna and Berhalter. Is this really going to be a good situation for the USMNT if they bring back Burhalter despite the success Callahan had? Okay, I'm not go ahead, Killen. No, you go ahead, Watson. I was gonna say credit to uh BJ Callahan Callahan and the way he's kind of moved up the ranks in US soccer. He was an assistant coach at Villanova Wild, then he became cool. a youth coach at Philadelphia Union, Philadelphia assistant manager, and now he's you know caretaker of the US men's national team. That's quite the you know, he, he never went to Europe, right? You you'd think uh, like you'd have some European experience in there, but he's he sta- he stayed in the US. No, I think he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, this was one of the best performances the U.S. put together. And I I had them getting out of the group stage at the World Cup, second to England. So I kind of really expected them because they the only thing I was worried about them was maybe lack of experience because their team is so young. But I was like, they have so much talent too. Like you constantly hear everyone saying that they have players who play in top tier leagues and they're top tier players and whatnot. So I'm like, okay, they're, they're going to surprise a lot of people. But now they've 
found a way from that World Cup to almost like kind of progress. The one question mark I have is Burhalter because as much as the credit he he does deserve to to kind of get out of that group stage at the World Cup for sure. He was completely out coached mm-hmm. in the game against the Netherlands against Van Hall, right? Like th- there's no mm-hmm. denying that. And this is what like, kind of like this whole conversation now is teams need to have a coach who's able to make tactical decisions in games to help the team. You need to have a coach who's able to recognize these changes, who's able to recognize which players should be on the pitch, which players are better off the bench and whatnot. And I I just question if Burhalter is that guy. Uh, I think him and Gio Reyna probably squashed the beef. I'm assuming Gio Reyna has made public apologies about you know, his attitude and everything. So maybe that was a, a lesson learned for him, but I don't know anyone. Right. So that's just an assumption. But the one question I have with Burhalter is when they're at the world cup and they're taking on or, or the Copa America and they're taking mm-hmm. on one of the best teams in the world. Does he have the football mind and the football IQ to pull a Pep Guardiola, a Carlo Ancelotti, a Mourinho in the sense where he understands the game well enough where he's like, we need to make this decision and tactical decision to win the game. I don't know, but maybe he proves me wrong. I'm not sure. And they have the bench to do so too. Oh, yeah, mean, yeah, for sure. The fact that Ricardo Pepe came on just in what the 68th minute, no, the 76th minute for them. And now you have Balaga. Now when you're going to this next match, you're going to have, or the next tournament, I should say, you should have in theory, McKenney and Dest and hopefully Adams, if he's healthy as well. They have a really good bench. And I think a guy like Walker Zimmerman, too, who's been a rock, he was fantastic in that match and shows really the quality that they have in MLS because he's been one of the best defenders in the MLS for the last three X amount of years. I think that the issue again will be just, oh, now we're moving past this situation like we did with the World Cup. We can now move forward and all of a sudden it's just resurfacing again. All the questions are back. So hopefully they can try and and move past everything. But um, uh, speaking of managers, and I I hate kind of to do this, but something that came to my mind with Herdman was, does his job maybe depend now on the performance in the gold cup because of the rumors that we had of him leaving a little earlier on this year after the world cup, he had his comments after Croatia and at the time they were fun and we did our little thing, but kind of since then it's been almost downhill. We've only won one match since then and have lost a trophy. Hmm. Could this kind of be uh, the, the back nine almost for her? I don't think so. I, I think the, the gold cup, like I said, like earlier, I mentioned the stars, like, you know, you look at the squad of players that's going, it's not the best 11. I think actually the Copa America next year will be probably the determining factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm very curious to see how the Copa America goes. Um, I think Herdman made a statement today that Canada soccer needs more resources, more funding for longer training camps prior to these tournaments. Uh, I understand that, but I also think that that's international football, right? That's like almost every country. You don't get a lot of time with your national team. You don't get a lot of time to mesh with the players and figure everything out. I do think that, um, again, very respectfully and kindly, there was no excuse for yesterday's performance. And 
I think cool. that yeah. after the way we saw Canada play against Belgium at the World Cup, which I think I can speak for a lot of Canadians, that's the best game we've ever seen the Canadian men's mm-hmm. national team play. Right. Like we were like, Oh my goodness. Like this is it. Like we're finally getting into stride. And then if Croatia kind of knocked us down a peg, which Croatia is incredible. Uh, one of the best midfielders, uh, best midfields in the world and Morocco, right? Like that was a tough game too. So I think that maybe after that Belgium game, we have a little bit of a higher bar, some higher expectations. And then maybe after this Canada USA game, where we feel like maybe this might be one of the worst games we've seen. We're like, okay, where, what's the direction we're going in? And just pegging back off of what Christian Jack said, mm-hmm. players aren't playing in their natural positions. You know, the, the tactical and technical arrangement isn't solidified. You know, there's, it feels like John Herdman might at times have question marks. So then we're like, how is this not figured out by now? You know, so it's tough. I don't think John Herdman's on the out by any means, but I do think that they need to start figuring things out. Like, for example, in my personal opinion, we need a goaltender and this is nothing against Borean. Like Mm -hmm. I'm sure he's an incredible leader and an incredible person, but we need a goaltender to make those saves. Mm -hmm. That that's like bottom line, you know, every, every football team needs a good goalie if they want to win and progress. Those are two goals, at least one for sure that should have been saved. So these are things that as the next couple of years go on, they need to figure out if we want to contend, if we want to score goals, if we want to win games, if we want to get out of the group stage of the World Cup in 2026. And I think with that goalkeeper situation too, I think we tend to forget that Maxime Crepeau suffered that horrific injury in that MLS final. So hopefully soon he can start to get healthy or next guy up would probably be Dane St. Clair with Minnesota United, who I will never not let them live it down, did have a clean sheet against Everton last year. But uh, he, so there is experience there. They also, uh, for the Gold Cup, have Tom McGill, who is a goalkeeper at uh, Brighton. So maybe a younger guy who can try and push up the ranks like uh, Borean. But right now, with Crepo's injury, Dane St. Clair is still relatively inexperienced. And McGill's one of his first times uh, getting called up to the national team. I think we're kind of like the Oilers and solidified in our goaltending situation, unfortunately, which sucks because, like we mentioned, the, mm-hmm. If Borian, even if Borian gets injured, yes, he didn't have the last couple of uh, appearances for Borian haven't been great. Think about the mistakes that he made against Morocco. And, and now that we see again, saves that should have been made, that shot was right on his hip. So yeah. There needs to be something done, but there's only so much gold coins you have in your purse, you know? Yeah. What'd you guys think about the shots on target in the entire game being four? Yeah. And I was going to maybe try and bring that up at the same time talking about Jonathan David, because I feel like Canada struggles to find him service, especially in bigger matches, like against the U S and Mexico. Like I was looking at Jonathan David's um, goals for Canada and he hasn't scored against, you know, a Mexico or us. I understand those limited matches. It's a small sample size, but you would like to see him get more involved in a big game. You know, you look at how many goals he scores for Lille at club level. Why can't Jonathan Herdman somehow unlock him for the national team a bit more? Like, I, I love Jonathan David and the way he plays, and he's going to probably get a move to a big club in England, probably. But to have him quiet in a game like this, and then to see, you know, Balogun on the other side scoring, it's like, what can we do to get more out of this guy? 
I found that the Canadian attackers were either way too passive and tried to make one pass too many. And that was always the issue for the Canadians in that game was that they mm-hmm. just took that extra pass when you either had somebody to your right, two guys to your right, or, you know, had something different or they tried to do it themselves. There was no real in between. We had maybe one actual solid good chance. And then other than that, it was just, you know, a a stray ball that, that found a foot, I I think. And a, a lot of people are getting on Alfonso Davies for, for his performance because of it. In a game like that, you want Alfonso Davies, a player of his caliber on your team, to be taking over offensively at least a little mm-hmm. bit, especially considering that offensively you aren't getting anything done. So uh, there's that little back and forth where, yes, you're you're maybe doing too much, but at the same time, you're making too many passes. You're 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 just taking one extra step that shouldn't be taken. And uh, I think that kind of goes back into the, the whole effort thing, I think, and probably the formation and and the whole shebang really is that the players weren't sure where they should have been. The Americans knew where they were going Mm -hmm. to be. And it all just accumulated to uh, a sad offensive performance from the Canadians. Yeah, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, and like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Caroline. No, it's good. I, I, I was just looking at like Jonathan Davis' goal against Panama here, and it's like you see the the Canadians are able to able to just like find a ball through, like, and that passes from Kamal Miller. Yeah, it's like, it's not Kone, it's not Davies, it's not Tayshawn Buchanan, it's not Alistair Johnson, it's Kamal Miller making like, that. Getting getting these balls in behind, they're, they're beautiful, but I think you know against a team like the U.S., maybe it's a little more difficult to more position better um you know the u.s for example they were almost first two to every ball as well like they were they're fantastic defending i thought so it it sucks you know i wonder every team and every player is going to have an off game i just wonder if this was like a super off game for canada because you know you mentioned brett that in that final third they try to make that extra pass where you could have taken the shot or there's uh, multiple really good services that no one got on the end of. Like there was a few from Davies, mm-hmm. you know, that, that just uh, maybe one from Lorea that I remember and no one's getting on the end of it. And I remember watching the game and I'm like, our first touches was terrible. Canada, like a lot of the first touch, the quality of the passes at times, the quality of the services, the aerial battles for me, I'm like, we're not even jumping for these balls. The U S is all over us, you know? So I wonder if it was just a game where maybe Canada wasn't feeling good. I do really question like the, the choices of the, the tactics at the very beginning. And then you're facing a very, very hot organized, uh, us team who wanted to win that game from the, from the first minute. So it was just kind of this perfect storm for it to not be Canada's best performance. And I'm hoping that, you know, even though their big superstars aren't playing in the gold cup, I'm hoping that they come out with a lot of fights and, you know, just a a re-energized team that wants to just be like, all right, guys, it was a bad game. It's in the past, it's in the books and we're here to move forward because now that this is what this team has to do, we know their potential. We, they should have beat Belgium at the world cup. Like we all know that anyone who watched that game knows that Canada was the better team. The potential's there. They're a very good team with very, very good players. The tactical decisions need to be right. The right players in the right decision, uh, the right players in the right position needs to be established. 
And from there, the team needs to be built properly and, and now really start figuring that out because 2026 isn't that far away. And the Copa America is like right here. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the 2026 World Cup is now three years away and Copa is a year away. And yeah. Canada hasn't, um, they're not officially in the Copa. They, I think they still have to qualify in some fashion. I, it's all confusing to me. I was trying to look it up. Like, <laughs> what does this even mean? But yeah, it's there's a lot of football that's still be played and it's just Canada. And, uh, you know, you brought up John Herdman and how he mentioned how, like, the funding and funding. Well, funding was an issue when you were qualifying for the World Cup, when you were winning games. You know, it's easy to say now when you're underperforming. Oh, we're, we don't have this. We don't have this. We don't have enough time for this. You're making up excuses. Just play like, you know, a good manager finds a way even in the worst of circumstances. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Thank uh, Caroline, you mentioned the, the match against Belgium, and I think that was the big difference between the game against the States and the game against Belgium. Canada deserved to win. Canada had all the opportunities. Oh, yeah. They had all of the best chances. They looked the better team. We were robbed of a penalty. Never uh, forget. Numerous. Three. Three. <laughs> and, and you go and take a look at what they did against the States, and there was nothing. It was no comparable to, to what they did against Belgium. And I think that's the really sad thing there for, for them. We mentioned the substitutions, and I think we've gone pretty a long while without mentioning it, but – that yes, was Tiba Hutchison's last game. And mm-hmm. you, you with the 89th minute, you bring in Junior Hoylet in a 2-0 match. We mentioned that, hey, you're not playing well even at halftime. Imagine the inspiration of, of an experienced Atiba Hutchison who wants to go out there and, and get that trophy. I think that was another misstep made by the Canadian team here. Not even, yes, putting them in in a time where they needed experience and something like that. But B, giving everybody what they wanted to see, giving Atiba just kind of that that pat on the shoulder, giving him a thank you. I think that was kind of a misstep here by, by the Canadians. I can't believe, personally, I can't believe that he didn't get on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, after the amount of years and sacrifice and dedication and, you know, just absolute love he has for this team and this country. And uh, I could, 
talked for, I'm sure everybody, how much we appreciate Atiba Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. It's, it's very, very confusing to me why he didn't step foot on that pitch. And I don't care if it was a one, one game. I don't care if it was, he would have given us all like he would I a hundred percent believe that. And um, I don't know. Maybe there's a situation where Atiba was like, which I doubt. I don't know what's. I don't know the entire situation. Some people online are like, maybe it was Atiba's decision not to come onto the field because this was what's best for the team. I'm not sure. We're not behind the scenes, so we can't make these assumptions. But it it does. He deserved the respect to get on the field for the last time as a Canadian player for all of the work and dedication and just absolute sacrifice that he's given to represent his country for the amount of time that he has. So yeah, I think it was, I think a lot of Canadian fans were disappointed because there's not much more to say, but he deserved that moment. Right. Mm -hmm. It almost makes me a little emotional too, just kind of thinking about it, just how much he had to to go through and all the, the downs that he had to go through. And then finally this year in his final year, he goes to the world cup and qualifies for the world cup. It wasn't like, Oh, we're hosting. You're in, you qualified. You're the best Canada's ever been. And even to go out there with a two nil, match the game is basically decided to go out there and give even the voyagers who traveled there to go see him and and step foot for the last time who have traveled so many different places over the years mm-hmm. to watch him play for the 90th minute for you to throw out junior hoylet just it's it's a little painful sorry it's if i missed yeah sorry if i missed did did Tejon even touch the pitch yeah Oh yes. yeah, yeah. I, I forgot. Okay, it wasn't sure. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it was hard to see anything right at that point. <laughs> but uh, you mentioned his energy, Caroline. It, it, once I, it was Aronson who was coming off, and guess who? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Yeah, Kone's kind of give him the usher, and Tayshon just like get off. You know man. what? Yeah. I love that. I love that you brought that moment up because I was watching that the game with my husband and my mom and. Mike, you know, who's new into, into the sport of football and he now loves it. Right. He's like, this game's so tactical. It's like chess. It's so good. Uh, he was like, I love that Tejon just did that because that shows you how hungry he is and he should have been on the field oh, yeah. much sooner. And I completely, completely agree when he said that I'm like, yes, this guy wants to fight. He's ready. He's ready to go. You needed that. You needed that spark. You needed that hunger. There yeah. needed to be a player on the field against the U S who brought that. And I really think that Tejon, you know, he always works hard. He's always trying to create, he's the one who assisted Alfonso Davies goal at the world cup. You know, Mm -hmm. he, he knows how to get the job done. And it was just such a miss for me, for him not to start the game, let alone start that second half. So he should have been brought on much sooner. And I loved, I loved that push. I think football needs to be a lot more spicy and we need to, you know, there's obviously containing the match, which the ref in the U S Mexico game did not do, but there's also should be allowed, you know, that little bit of spiciness where players, you know, get the game going. And, and I love that from Tejon. I I wish we saw way more of him in the Mm -hmm. game. My biggest, biggest complaint from that game is where was Tejon for more of the game? Yeah. Yeah. Well, look at look at the World Cup and and how the Canadians again, we, we look back to the World Cup, but look at them against Croatia, look at them against Belgium, specifically with Deshaun Buchanan on the pitch. He, Buchanan was insane against Belgium. He showed yeah. why he's playing in Belgium and why teams like uh, AC Milan have been or uh, yeah, Inter. Inter. 
have been have been looking at him and as a Denzel Dumfries replacement. That's big shoes to fill. He's yeah. getting a lot of love around for good reason. Yeah. But then you take a look at the the Canadians against Croatia and take a look at again, I believe it was Kamal Miller who shoves a legend in Luka Modric to the ground and says, "Get up. What are you doing?" Like Canada is known for our bite and and that was missing in that the match. Like again, you have that energy and the bite from Tayshaun Buchanan that comes in the last 30 minutes of the game. You know, I don't think it's the end of the world for Canada. A lot of people kept talking about how good the U S is and how these players are in top teams and whatnot. And I agree. I absolutely agree. And I'm very excited to see how the U S progresses from here. I'm not a U.S. hater. I think that when the U S does well, it's good for MLS. It's good for the progression of the sport in North America. And I always cheer for them because it's obviously not against Canada, but it's important for, you know, the North American teams to do well in, in these situations. But with Canada, we still have top tier players. Like we mentioned, you know, Jonathan David, 24 goals in league. He was, third in the goal scoring race in the league. Kyle Laren, eight goals in 19 matches when he joined La Liga. Estacchio playing for Porto. Alistair Johnson winning, you know, trophies with, with his team. I Celtic, you know, there's, there are these players, you know, Kone doing his mm-hmm. thing. And I'm sure it's just the start for him. Tejan Buchanan, like you said, Brett, rumors with Inter. Our team has players who are in big teams, who are in big teams as well. It's just... The, I think now what needs to be done, Alfonso Davies, the biggest star of them all, the best left back in the world. John Herdman's job is to make this team like a unit that knows how to play together because we don't have a, we don't have bad players. We have great players. It's just now getting them to perform, you know, kind of like what you guys were alluding to Jonathan David, he's scoring all these goals in the French league. How do we get him in that position here when he's playing for Canada. And, you know, I don't think that it's like, a we shouldn't sit here and, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. I think it's fair to kind of be upset with that game against the U S but they have a couple years now, a few years to kind of really put their head down and think of like, how are we organizing this team? What's our depth look like? Who's coming on, you know, if, if, if a player's coming off and go from there, once that's figured out, I think Canada has, has a good chance to make some noise at the world cup, but that really needs to be the main priority right now. And I think that starts with uh, the gold cup. I think you have to take a look at the gold cup. The roster was announced today. You have guys like Jacob Schaffelberg, who's having a really good season with Nashville this season in MLS. Jason Russell Rowe, a guy that not a lot of people are, are familiar with, but getting a good call as well. A lot of different guys. Latori, who is with uh, yeah. the, the team for the Nations League, he's getting a look. I, and by the way, best name, I think, in uh, Canadian men's national team is uh, Moisey. Bombito. <laughs> as well. You also have uh, Dominic Zetor who plays in Poland. Yeah. Oh, he plays in Poland. There yeah, he plays really? in the first division. So there, and so I think that that's going to start growing. I hope Scott Kennedy might get a move to to maybe a place like France or something like that. But I, I think that will be the next step is developing the next young stars. And I think that yeah. also starts with uh, the 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 Canadian Premier League. I mean, you have guys like uh, Lucas McNaughton who should be uh, attached to the team right now. He's injured for uh, Nashville as well. Got traded from Toronto FC. But you have guys like. 
like uh, Waterman, who played in in uh, uh, the CPL. Potentially, you might get you're trying to get the commitment of uh, Mo Farzi as well, who's also playing in National Wow, Look at that. Um, but uh, or sorry, he's in Columbus. Excuse me. But uh, again, another guy who played in the CPL. You have guys who are you're starting to kind of fester this development. It's yeah. a matter of then maybe those are the resources that John Herdman's talking about is then getting more time with them. But I think we're starting to see the festering of development here for the Canadian which is right, such a great point. Hopefully. It's so important. Depth is so important. Like you, we talked about this with Manchester City. Holland mm-hmm. comes off, Julian Alvarez comes in and he scores a goal. Like depth does that for you. You know what I mean? You know, you got Grealish and you got Foden. You got like, there's just so many, when when you have depth and there's a, a, a tactical decision that you need to make or a switch that you need to make or a spark that needs to happen on the pitch and you have a player who can replace and, and, and substitute, or you have a young team that's, that's talented, might just need a little bit more experience, but now you have an opportunity like a gold cup to give them minutes. It's great. And I think Canada needs to focus on that. We really need to focus on that because yeah, there is, there were moments in the game against the U S where I'm like, who's the leader right now on the field? Like who's leading this team? And I wasn't sure. And that always needs to be, you know, there always needs to be a leader. There always needs to be. And I I kind of felt that in Tejan when he kind of pushed a little bit, but I don't think he was given enough time. So we'll see. We'll see. How are you guys feeling? Like, do you feel worried or do you feel like, okay, it was a bad game. It's done. It's in the books and we're ready to move on. That's tough to say. I think I feel like maybe the progression of the national team has kind of stagnated a bit. Right. But at the same time, I looked, I saw this tweet. It's like Michael Leach on Twitter says it kind of feels like a bit of a regression. They didn't play great versus Panama either. They didn't look at the vision moving forward and they really have to look into how to get there and whether Herdman is the one who can take them there, but also progression isn't linear. So it's, you know, it can, you know, it's tough. And, and that's what I was going to say, too, is that the high has been so high for Canada mm-hmm. over the last year, right? So, or last couple of years. So you're not going to continually always going to get higher. It's the same with development, too. Development isn't always linear as well. So you need to ride the ups and downs, but make sure that when you are going through the downs, you realize what is the, the, the issues, why is uh, the, the regression happening. So you can learn from it and bring back those highs again. So uh, it'll be, this is an important time for Canada. You saw the highs, you you saw the, the national praise, international praise that we saw at the world cup, the surprise that we put up against Belgium and all of a sudden everyone's going, Oh, watch this Canadian team. Now it's time for you to really build off that and prove that you are a team to watch. And so then when the world cup comes in your backyard, you can defend and your turf. Uh, and that has to happen. We cannot host a world cup and not play well. Mm-hmm. It, that cannot happen. That needs to be like the bottom line. Like, yes, we need to win games. We need to score goals. We need to advance, but it's like, we need to play well Yeah, and, 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 and have performances where, you know, the players can come off the field and Herdman can, you know, come off the field and us fans can finish watching the game and be like, 
that's, that's the Canada we know. That's exactly how we felt after Belgium. And I really want that for this Canadian team, because like I said, the talent is there. The players are there. The mm-hmm. stats are there in their domestic leagues, you know, like they are really, really, really good players. It's just, we need to find a flow with this Canadian team. And I think it's sometimes good. These, these games are good because they bring up these issues. You know, now it's very, very clear what needs to be done. So now it's just the, the, coaching staff getting to work, yep. figuring out what works, working with their players and getting it done, right? There's no excuse. Get it done. Get her done. Cause every exactly. international teams work in the same way, you know, if these games are good. Mm-hmm. If you can learn from them. Yes. If um, you just lose and get battered and you go out there and go, eh, it'll be better next time. You're you, it, then the games aren't good. But what, if, like you said, if you, you, the, these games are good. If you learn from them. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up was how about the attendance? <laughs> I made that TikTok, and a lot of the comments were the Mexican sports. Oh, that's what happens when Mexico's not in a final. Well, we saw we saw that too in Edmonton. Take a look at how Edmonton was with uh, yeah, and freezing I, cold. I, I, I agree, but. It's like the Mexican fans are like all taking credit because oh we're not there. That's because, but at the same time, you would think it would be a little bit more packed. You you would think just, even without the Mexican support, you think there would be more attendance. Yes, but I think a lot. I agree there should be more, but I think there's a lot of outside things that we're not really thinking about when it comes mm-hmm. to this game. Allegiant stadium is a massive, massive stadium. It is uh, an NFL stadium. It's in Las Vegas, the Mecca of entertainment. So people, not all of the USMNT fans live in Vegas or Nevada. So teams are, and fans, excuse me, are going to have to be flying in and finding a place in Vegas to stay. The fans from Canada are going to have to fi- fly in and find a place to say meanwhile the vegas golden knights are parading down the vegas strip as the streets are lined up with fans and the families and everything like that all those media members have to also have something uh, have uh, a place to say all the shows that go on so i think yes the attendance was disappointing when you take a look at the big stadium and the empty seats to everything but there are still outside factors that you still have to put in yeah. there, right I also just note the attendance was actually 35,000. And that's still pretty good. I think that because it was so grand, Mm -hmm. it looks small. But I think if it was like a smaller, you know, if it was a smaller stadium, you'd be like, oh, it's a little more packed. But I will give the Mexican fans credit because when you finished watching Canada versus Panama, uh, you would listen to kind of like the post-game analysis and the the people uh, presenting, which was KJ, Chris and Jack and, and Andy Petrillo, they could barely hear each other because the fans were, were so loud for Mexico USA. And Mm -hmm. I love to see that as a football fan. Now, um, the, you know, that game was crazy. I feel like that's an episode in itself to talk about, but that was a wild game. Uh, you know, it's curious. I'm curious to see how this world cup in 2026 goes, but the refs definitely will need to contain, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. the crowds a little bit better, but, yeah, I, you got to give credit to the Mexican fans because yeah. they need that. They made that feel like a World Cup game. Oh, yes. Yeah. And just a note, uh, Legion Stadium is a 65,000 seat stadium. So, yeah, I and was, I know, go ahead. 
I was just going to say, I was just pulling that up. It's 65,000, but it can expand to 71,800. I wouldn't be surprised if there's Copa America games there, honestly. I I know Vegas as a whole is trying to experiment as a sporting city. You know, you see the success of the Golden Knights. I know they want an MLS team. Um, they, they're probably getting an NBA team. So Vegas is definitely one to watch just in general when it comes to sports. The Oakland Athletics are moving there as well. So they're going to have mm-hmm. NHL, MLB, NFL. And if they do get an NBA team, an NBA team and an MLS team. So, I mean, it, it's also known for a place for snowbirds too to go down there yeah. and, and stay. So, yeah, there's going to be a, a market for it. And I think it'll pack out. I, I do wish I went to Vegas for this match. I was kind of like, oh, jealous yeah. i do too i do too i it would have been also crazy to watch usa mexico which we always know yeah. is, is gonna be a crazy game yeah. but like again like going back to the fans like how they were throwing drinks on the field and everything like, yeah that's ridiculous it, it is I'm, ridiculous you know it, it i mean like, that's football right i mean mm, it, it can um, get crazy but I, yeah this is what i mean where i think the refs need to do a little bit of a better job and even you know security kind of managing that but I wish was I went as well because I think that the final would have been amazing to see. And then, of course, the semifinals would have been. I mean, that that Mexico USA game, I'm still processing it mentally because I'm like, that was a brawl. That was like 45 minutes of football and 45 minutes of WWE. <laughs> and you got like a pay-per-view WWE match in that game. <laughs> yeah. And then the thing, too, is. It's you're so Concacaf. That was the mm-hmm. Concacaf of all Concacaf matches. Definition, yeah. But uh, you see, uh, we mentioned the the referee in that match. You saw him just call the game at, at when the they after the warning for their homophobic chant. They he said, you know what? If you're going to do it again, we'll just call it. We'll just call it right here. And right when Matt Turner took it, took that gold kick, they did it again. He said, fine, all right, there it is, and called it. So I think. They're, they're, Wait, the Mexican fans were doing that? Yeah, yeah. That's wow. why the end of the 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 USA Mexico match ended because they uh, yeah. he just called it before uh, at a time ended. Yeah, that can't happen. No, that can't happen. And this is what I mean: like they need to do a better job. I'm all for filling up the stadium. I'm all for crazy football fans going and supporting their team. I'm all for the loudness. But there's a line, guys. Like there's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that game crossed the line many times, but <laughs> that's an episode. Oh, good job. Yeah. Oh, good what was there? Four, four red cards, nine yellow cards. Jeez. Yeah. Jeez. Well, I mean, if any of you do want to go to Vegas, Manchester United versus Borussia Dortmund next month. Hey, friendly. Yeah, we you can spend $500 for a lower bowl ticket. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So... Maybe, maybe uh, our friends at AMA Travel, if we, we could help us out there, something like that. I don't know. <laughs> Anything so. you guys want to say? We should jump on here after the Gold Cup, after some yes. Gold Cup games and talk about the That'd young cool. players. Uh, you know, maybe the players that our audience isn't as familiar with, even my, my, even me myself aren't as familiar with. It'd be interesting to watch them play and see how Canada looks like with a different squad out there.
Yeah, one quick shout out I do have too as uh, the uh, Europa or the Europa, the uh, Euro qualifiers are going on. Do yes. you watch Armenia? Lucas Zellerayan, who's playing in the MLS, oh. has been killing it for Armenia. They're a fun team to watch here. And he scored an absolute banger the other day. I forget who they were playing. Absolute banger, fed and assists as well. So little love to more MLS action. I mean, uh, of course, you know, uh, Spain won the Nations League there too. I know none yep. of us. I, I didn't really. I, I didn't really follow too much. I, I honestly, I didn't. I thought it was a semifinal yesterday. I didn't know it was a final. <laughs> Should we do also quickly a quick talk since uh, about Cuba? Oh, Blaschikovsky. Yeah, he's 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 gone. Uh, well, he's not gone, but like, he he played his final <laughs> match for the Ash team. So that was a fantastic send off by the Polish team, and they beat Germany one nil in friendly. So I know it's a friendly, but these players still do try. Like they actually care because for <laughs> Germany's perspective, you lose to Poland. It's like talked about all over the media, you know, you're kind of scrutinized. Like, Oh, what's wrong with the German national team. Right. So I think players, (laughs) even at that level do care a lot more like than you think. It is so. so funny. Absolutely. I, I, cause I didn't watch that game. I talked to my dad after and I'm like, who won? He said, Poland won nothing. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Right. Like, Waz, you're mm. so right for Polish people. It's such a big deal. Mm. And my dad's like, we're winning the Euro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like for Polish fans, this is what happens. We get like yeah. a little bit of like hope. We'll do really well in qualifications, which, which is typically was what happens. Like we'll win qualifications or we'll do really well. And then yeah. when it comes to the tournament, we're all like, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> what happened in between? Me too. They, I really they have an easy so. qualifying group. Nothing too outstanding. There's no big dogs in there, in my opinion. Also, show to Scotland beating Norway 2-1. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Was, that was great. Fuck you, Holland. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I, was he? I, I don't know. Some people, the guy I just don't like. I don't like his face. Really? <laughs> I'm like it's very. You see, he's so nice. He's probably a very nice lad, but something was. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, um, who else? Petty. England plays today. France plays today. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's good. Good shout with all the Euro qualifications. You know, it just the sport never sleeps, guys. No, no, it does, it does not. We're, we're always watching something. Yeah, no, the Croatia. I, I was sad for Croatia in the sense that I really wanted Modric to win an international trophy. Because I don't know how much time he has left Honestly. with the Croatian national team. I wonder if he goes through into playing with the Euro. But it would have been really nice for him to to see him lift that Nations League trophy. Big, big ups to Scotland in general. They're three and zero in their qualifying group so far. So the, and they have Spain in there and Georgia and Norway. So it's like some, not that's a kind of a tough group. Um, Can we get you a jersey, a Scotland jersey? I, uh, <laughs> Scotty uh, Mac. Um, Scotty Mac jersey. The other the big highlight of the week was I'll see uh, Speed meeting Ronaldo. That was wild. Yeah. That broke Shout out internet. to Raphael Leal, or as yeah. Steve calls him, Raphael, or Raphael Leo. Yeah, <laughs> that's classic. It was so funny how he barked at Ronaldo. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did he? I didn't he did. Yes, he, did. yes. He, he barked at him. Like, for anyone listening who hasn't seen it, please go find the clip. Ronaldo's so funny. He like told him to relax like five times, uh, <laughs> and then Speed just, I guess, can't contain his excitement. He starts barking. I'm like, oh, yep. only yep. him. Yep. Only him. What a kids love it. to the story. What a yeah. Wow. But at least he finally met him. Yep, you're yeah. right. And that's a it's his uh, hero. Didn't he have like a messy tattoo and he got it removed? I I don't. I honestly don't know. He did get a messy tattoo though. He has a Ronaldo tattoo. Yeah. Yeah. Christian Ronaldo. 
He's so funny. He's so funny when he mispronounces the players' names. It cracks me up every time. He's doing hockey now. He did. He got to oh, he uh, Matt Barzal, and he goes Brazil. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe the the hockey will start picking up now too. Oh my gosh, well, he's gonna be like a lead analyst on ESPN one day. We'll <laughs> see. Imagine him and Biz going at each other. <laughs> <laughs> be so funny. Mm. All right, guys, please let us know what you thought about the Nations League final between Canada Mm -hmm. and USA, even the semifinals, what you're hoping for with the Gold Cup. Let us know your thoughts. We'll be back here with some more coverage on whatever happens because we can't anticipate it. It's too crazy these days. But thank you for always listening to Kickback and Sunday League Pundits presented by Betway. And we appreciate you guys.